The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code ROSS. That's code ROSS for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. You're tuned in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Guiding your gridiron journey, none other than your host, former NFL lineman, Ross Tucker. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Power Rankings Tuesday, presented, of course, by DraftKings that I'm actually starting to record on Monday night, but I will finish Tuesday morning. It's 11.54 p.m. Eastern time right now, and I needed to go somewhere quiet as I just got off the air for Westwood One, so I'm actually in the Denver Broncos assistant coaches room uh, that they were in because they don't need it anymore after an absolutely insane football game And an incredible ending. And quite frankly, Jack, this is why I do what I do. Or a big reason. I mean, I do what I do because I love football. But a big factor is you never know what's going to happen. Certainly, I did not expect the Denver Broncos to come in here and win this game. And then the manner in which he did. And they did. All of the things that happened in the game. Just absolutely crazy. I still will somehow get home to Pennsylvania in time to do the Even Money Betting Podcast with Fezzik, but we're getting this to you guys either bright and early Tuesday morning or super late Monday night, depending on your perspective. Love Power Rankings Tuesday because I get a chance to talk about every single team as well as the game that I just called with the legendary Kevin Harlan, patron of the day. Patreon.com slash RT Media. That is Kyle McLaughlin. I love racking up the patrons. They become members of our private Tuckhead Slack channel, which is a ton of fun. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Ross. For the first time in about two years, the 12th man comes to the aid of Russell Wilson, helping the Bill- helping them to beat the Bills in Buffalo 24-22. Nice. It's funny. I actually met Jack a couple listeners before the game. Not met him, but I saw him again. Jan Lehman, who I love. He delivers me like these pastries and beers, which is amazing. Thank you, Jan. And then Steven Soraka, who is uh, awesome. 
he was here with his daughter Ella and his buddies. I got a chance to meet him, and it was funny because Stephen was saying he's uh, he's enjoying your facts from the '60s, '70s, and '80s, Jack, and he's <laughs> enjoying you and I going toe to toe at times. That was a good one with Russell Wilson and the Twelfth Man. I, I almost don't even know what to say. I, I mean, the Buffalo Bills didn't really deserve to win the game. Uh, the Buffalo Bills. Turned it over, what, four times? They had a bunch of drops. There could have been other turnovers. I mean, they had two interceptions by Allen. One went through Gabe Davis's hands. The other one was a terrible decision and throw by Allen. He almost got intercepted the same way later on in the game. And even after everything else that happened, right, the, the Bills continually putting their defense in a bad spot, the Bills' defense stepping up and playing well, for the most part, in most of those situations, the Bills still found the way to go the length of the field, get the go-ahead touchdown. And it was the go-ahead touchdown because the Broncos had missed two extra points. And the second one, they end up fumbling the snap and never even get it off. So you thought, okay, here we go. The, Bengal, uh, the, the Bills have the lead now. They're going to win. But after all those times where their defense had stepped up throughout the game, their defense couldn't get it done. And there's so many things to talk about in this game. I mean, number one, I will say this. Russell Wilson, he's not like Seattle Russell Wilson, Jack, but he's much better, much better than he was a year ago. I think Sean Payton deserves a lot of credit because he's a lot better than he was last year. Um, the drops by the Bills, the turnovers, you just can't you just can't do it. You just can't win that way. Um, and they even got their own breaks when they got the Cortland Sutton fumble. But at the end of the game, the Bills get a sack on Russell Wilson. And they take the, the Broncos out of field goal range. And yet the next play, McDermott, who's the head coach and the play caller, He's going to call an all-out blitz that puts his defenders in man-to-man coverage. It's a zero blitz, man-to-man coverage. Russell Wilson's under duress, so he doesn't get that much on the football. It's underthrown. It was clearly pass interference on Taron Johnson. It was a terrible decision by McDermott. I think everybody knows from my article on the 33rd team what I think of him as a coach. And I feel like I'm being proven correctly for that. And then after that, the next thing you know, they are going in and they're in a situation where the the Broncos, for some unknown reason, I have no idea why the Broncos elected to try a fast field goal at the end. Everything was herky-jerky. Everything was rushed. And yet it ended up, paying off for them because them going with the fast field goal led the Bills to have too many guys on the field. They missed the field goal in a fast field goal situation. The Bills have too many guys on the field on a missed field goal. So the Broncos get a chance to try it again. They make the next one to win the game. I mean, Jack, I've been doing these games for a long time. I have never, ever seen a game-winning too-many-men-on-the-field penalty before, which is uh, essentially what happened 
Everything that happened at the end of the game was just bananas. What wasn't bananas was the food here in Buffalo. It was excellent. I give them a lot of credit. They had the Caesar salad and the buffalo chicken dip and the sliders and the breaded clams. And then over here where the booth is, they had brisket and pulled pork and mac and cheese. So kudos to the Bills for their performance in the press box. Quite frankly, it was better than what they had going on on the field. Speaking of better, why don't you better yourself by learning a language? I'm telling you right now, think about anybody you know that knows multiple languages. They're smart. They are. They're they're more cultured. Instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. I'm a big fan of Babbel. And right now, for a limited time, I got this special deal for you guys to get you started right now. What a great holiday gift. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for you guys at babbel.com slash Ross. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash Ross, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Ross. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's time for the all-important power rankings. The worst team in the history of the NFL is... All right, Ross, 32nd, New York Giants. Well, I mean, if you've watched them play at all any time recently, they have absolutely deserved that spot as the worst team in football. Um, I don't know. Maybe if they get Tyrod Taylor back, they won't be the worst team in football, but they're pretty darn bad. Moving on up, Panthers are 31st. Yes, they are. Um, Frank Reich kind of going back and forth about whether or not he is going to take the play calling back. I think there's a decent chance, actually, Jack, that he ends up being one and done in in uh, in Carolina. That is an impetuous owner who wants to win now. It's not a good situation at all that they're in. They find themselves in in Carolina. And I think he knows they need to finish strong, finish with something positive. Otherwise, he might be done. 30th is the Chicago Bears. And they even just won a football game. I mean, but I don't know. I don't know when Justin Fields is coming back. It feels like the Bears are delaying that as much as they possibly can because I think it's like they want Tyson Bajant to get more snaps to see what they really have in him. It's not a good situation for the Bears. I don't think they're a very good team. And so when they win, it's like, for what? I mean, you're just hurting their their draft positioning. 29th is New England Patriots. Man, this has got to be, well, I guess they were 29th earlier in the year. I actually thought they played pretty decent against the Colts. That's the funny thing. Not good enough to win the game, but I thought they played pretty well against the Colts. I thought they were the better team in that game. They just found a way to lose. You know, the old Patriots used to always find a way to win. The new Patriots find a way to lose, which is not good at all. And, you know, they're trying to they're trying to make some moves now. They cut Jack Jones. I think that's a a message where Belichick's trying to send a message, but you leave 
J.C. Jackson back in, in New England. You don't bring him with you to Germany, and now you cut Jack Jones. These are things that didn't used to happen under Belichick's watch. 28th is the Arizona Cardinals. Moving on up. I mean, look, they, they have a chance to move up even more than this. They look a lot better and like a much better team with Kyler Murray and James Conner. I know it was only one win, but you can just tell they look different with those guys, and I think they end up winning a handful of games this year. 27th is the L.A. Rams. Stafford is healthy, and he's back. That's a great sign. Obviously, they need that desperately. 26, Green Bay Packers. It's really strange times to see some of the coaches, some of the teams, some of the players that are down here. I thought Jordan Love, I said this yesterday, you know, did some good things, but just not enough and not enough late to get a win against the Steelers team that thrives on those late-game situations. Tennessee Titans are 25th. That was disappointing. Their, their, their offensive performance against the Bucks was really disappointing to me. I don't feel great about where the Titans are at. I mean, they're not going anywhere this year. Certainly not with the Jags and Texans both playing so well. The whole rest of the season, the only thing that matters is finding out how good Will Levis is and making sure that they feel like he's the guy moving forward. 24th is the Atlanta Falcons. I saw where Arthur Smith got a vote of confidence today from Arthur Blank. Not a great sign. I mean, that's three highly, highly winnable games in a row for the Falcons that they weren't able to get it done. 23rd is Denver Broncos. And moving on up, I mean, they've won three in a row. They are playing much, much better on the defensive side of the ball. Russell Wilson's a lot better than he was a year ago. If I'm a Broncos fan, I'm, I'm highly encouraged. 22nd, Indianapolis Colts. I'm not sure the Broncos wouldn't beat the Colts right now. I said it earlier, I, I know the Colts won the game, but they were not all that impressive over there in Germany against the Patriots. 21st, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They really needed that, Jack. They had really been bad for uh, about a month in a row. Um, they barely lost that game, obviously, to the Texans. Boy, they, I'd be feeling better about them if they had back-to-back -back wins, but they weren't able to get the gun against the Texans. But a really nice all-around performance against the, uh, the Bucks, uh, against the Titans for the Bucks. 20th is the Washington Commanders. They have gotten so close in so many of these games. I can't even imagine what it's like for their fans because, you know, they've won a bunch of games, but then even their losses. I mean, the Commanders could so easily have a winning record. I recommend Commanders fans, after some of these losses, drink some Labatt Blue Lights. I actually met uh, the guy from Labatt Blue Light tonight here in Buffalo, Jack. Awesome. Shout out to Jason. Thank you for your support of our show. Please support the beer that supports your boy. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. And of course, Jack, you got to eat something, right? You can't just drink beer. You got to eat something. So when the game goes to timeout, it's time to order on DoorDash. Halftime, 
ordering time. Two-minute warning, you got it. That's your cue to order in. Get everything you want delivered while you root for your squad. Yeah, that means burgers, fries, drinks, you name it. And if you have a Dash Pass membership, you can get the new Wendy's Loaded Nacho Cheeseburger delivered. Yep, right now, the Loaded Nacho Cheeseburger is exclusively available with Dash Pass at participating U.S. Wendy's for a limited time. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 19 is the New York Jets. They're not terrible. They're not good. They're in the middle and sort of purgatory with these other teams. 18 is the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders. The Raiders are on the rise, man. My former teammate, Antonio Pierce, back-to-back wins. They got a big game coming up this weekend. You know, Antonio Pierce is going to end up getting that full-time job, Jack, because they're going to win enough games here at the end where Davis is going to feel like he doesn't want to pull a Basaccia. 17th is the New Orleans Saints. And they're pretty banged up. Dennis Allen said today that they, uh, they lost a couple guys. Lattimore, Michael Thomas both have significant injuries. Now, it's not done for the season, but... Pretty significant. That was a really tough loss for them against the Vikings. The halfway mark, Los Angeles Chargers are at 16th. San Diego Super Chargers. San Diego Chargers can't find a way to win the close game. The most concerning thing about that, like that coach is done. Brandon Staley is going to get fired by the end of this year because you can't have you can't have Herbert play awesome like that and still lose the game. Can't happen. And your defense, with all the money invested in Bosa and Mack and Derwin James, you can't be that horrific on that side of the ball. Fifteenth, as mentioned earlier, is Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it's really sad. I mean, you guys know the affinity I have for this team, this organization. These fans, they're diehard. Their hopes were so high for this season. It's not over. Seven games left. They can get hot. I don't envision that happening. And I do envision, uh, they might not because it's a short week, but I do envision at some point the Buffalo Bills soon here making a change. 14th is the Houston Texans. So the Texans, I mean, who would have thought before the year, Jack, that the Texans would be higher than the Bills at some point in my power rankings. This is why they actually play the games, because you just don't know what's going to happen. But they've deserved it. They've earned it. And quite frankly, 
TJ Stroud overall has played better than Josh Allen. 13th is the Minnesota Vikings. Say it, say it the way I say it. The Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings. I swear I say it better unless I ask you to say it. The way you say it throws me off my, like, the Minnesota Vikings. Anyway, love Josh Dobbs. Love what he's doing. In fact, hopefully you guys check out my article every week for the 33rd team. It's going to be all about Josh Dobbs. What I learned from him, his story when we met a couple weeks ago, and how he's doing what he's doing for the Vikings on such short notice. 12th, Pittsburgh Steelers. Just unbelievable, man. Just unbelievable. The Steelers are the opposite of so many of these other teams that can't win the close ones, can't get it done late. The Steelers are the exact opposite. It's like that's when they're at their best in those situations. 11th is the Cincinnati Bengals. Really, really tough loss for them. Now I saw where Trey Hendrickson hyperextended his knee, which was really unfortunate. Noah Brown was just trying to get up off the ground. And so I doubt, I don't know if Hendrickson will be able to play Thursday night. That'd be a big loss. And that game's only three nights away. And that game even becomes bigger now that the Ravens and Bengals both lost on Sunday. Thursday night's Bengals at the Ravens. Gigantic AFC North clash. Tenth is the Seattle Seahawks. Wasn't necessarily pretty, you know, wasn't uh, ideal. I don't know that the Seahawks are playing great ball right now, but they're playing well enough to win. Ninth is the Cleveland Browns. How about the Cleveland Browns, man? They just keep finding a way to get it done. And as a result, they're going to be the team I ride with. Brought to you by Wrangler. Made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code ROSS15. So the Browns have the best defense in football, and even when they don't play their best, they still make plays on that side of the ball, and they have Deshaun Watson step up and make plays with his arm and his legs late in the game to get the win. I am liking what I'm seeing right now from the Cleveland Browns. They steadied the ship without Watson, and now they got a great chance to make a big run here down the stretch. I'm rolling with the Browns this week. Eighth is the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins had a bye. So not much to say about them other than all eyes will be on the Dolphins now to see whether or not they can actually win a close game once they come back from the bye. And it looks like Devin Achan is getting off the – He's on the designated return to return list, so he might even be able to play this week. Seventh is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dropped them several spots. I had been feeling really good about them. Five wins in a row. You know, some of these teams, they go into their bye, and they come out, and they're not the same. And that was the case for the Jaguars and the Niners, and they came out of their bye, both of them, in totally different directions. Sixth is the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? And how about Jack? Did we talk about this yesterday? How many fans, Cowboys fans, got so mad at me for saying nobody blows out bad teams like the Dallas Cowboys? It's not a yes. negative comment, is it? No. I mean, you're blowing teams out. How is winning games by a large margin offensive? But but they knew I was kind of busting their job. They knew it. They 
can't do it. I was kind of, I was kind of teasing a little bit because they do. They win all these games by a zillion points. It's so funny when they play these bad teams. Nothing wrong with that, but the Cowboys need to find a way to to win some of these big games. I still think they're dangerous. I still think they're life now. But listen, it's like we all know about all these teams. No one's going to believe that the Cowboys can get it done in January until they actually go ahead and get it done in January. Fifth is the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I mean, it, especially if the Bills don't make the playoffs, I might have to adopt the Lions as my like uh, my second team for the postseason. Obviously, I do a lot of work for the Eagles, so they're up there. But one pride, my, my hometown buddy Alex Anzalone playing for them, my former teammate Dan Campbell as their coach. There's a lot to like about the Lions. The aptly named San Francisco 49ers are fourth. Why are they aptly named? Because they're fourth. 49ers, four. You know what would have really been aptly named if they were ninth last week. They weren't, though. They were tenth last week. That's a big rise to go from ten to four. But I guess when you go to the fourth team's place, Jacksonville, and you annihilate them, what was it, 34-3, I guess you're going to move up a bunch. But, no, they're healthier now. They got Debo and Trent back. They got Chase Young. They deserve to be up here. Third is the Baltimore Ravens. I'm not quite sure what to say about the Ravens. I mean, I'm not going to knock them down too much. I had them as the number one team last week. They're still the same team that destroyed the Seahawks, destroyed the Lions, but they have had some bad losses. There's some crazy stat out there where it's like, they have they've only trailed for like 30 minutes the whole season or something like that and yet they have three losses the other teams that that that's the case they're all like 10 and 0 after 10 games or maybe 9 and 1 second is the Kansas City Chiefs isn't it wild that like Chiefs fans and the next team Eagles fans and the home of the Chiefs that Chiefs fans Eagles fans both complaining about how their teams aren't playing that great, and yet you look at it, and they're the top two teams in my power rankings, which are the most important, and then they have the two best records, which is secondary, not quite as big a deal as being one-two in my power rankings. Um, and how about the fact that they play a week from the night? That's going to be awesome. I was talking with Kevin Harlan about that a lot, who, by the way, is exactly what you think he is. He loves the game. He's so passionate. It is an absolute joy to call a football game with Kevin Harlan. Ross's number one team, which is totally meaningless, but it's fun and will get many of you incredibly annoyed, is... And to wrap things up, we have the Philadelphia Eagles at number one. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles, coming off a bye. So not much to say about them other than they're getting healthier We'll see if they get guys like Bradley Roby and Cam Jurgens back. And, of course, they're setting up for that huge – I mean, that's – ESPN is going to build that as, like, uh, the Super Bowl rematch, which it is. But they're, they're going to make that game an absolutely gigantic game, which it absolutely deserves. It's going to be a fantastic game. Everybody's looking forward to it. What a great night. Glad we were able to record this tonight. Hope you guys appreciate it and enjoy. I think we're done here. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also check out Even Money, Fantasy Feast, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network, YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. Shoutouts to MyFrontPageStory.com, Sportaculture, how about HumanHeadNYC.com, Pizza Boy Brewing, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles, BackOfficeScheduler.com.